Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Renette. I wanted to pop in and just give a quick update on the latest news in the Jade Jenks trial. For those of you who haven't listened to the last episode, I would go back and listen to that so you can get more details of this case. But to give it give it a quick breakdown, Jade Jenks is the 39-year-old Solana Beach woman that's accused of killing her stepdad after she found nude photos of herself on his desktop computer. This morning, Jade was found guilty of drugging and strangling her stepdad, Thomas Merriman, to death. She was found guilty of first-degree murder after the jury deliberated for less than a day. Um, During the week-long trial, or I think it was two weeks, Jade took the stand in the Vista courthouse. She gave her testimony on how she came across the nude photos. Now, remember... She came across these photos while she was cleaning her stepdad's stepdad's house, who was in the hospital for a fall. Anyway, she said this, and I quote, When I went to clean in his office area, as I'm wiping things down, I bumped the mouse on his desktop computer, and it shook the screen awake. I looked up, and there was a picture of female breast on the screen. I have a beauty mark on my chest, and I look, and those are my breast, end quote. She said it was the most violating, awful, gut-wrenching feeling ever. She said it made her feel sick. Uh, She said something in the sense like, I've never seen anything as horrifying, not even in movies, which I've seen a lot more worse things in movies and things that are based off of true stories. But anyhow, um, she said there was at least a hundred other photos in a folder. And some of those photos go back to when she was only 16 years old. After Jade gave that part of her testimony, the jury was given a packet of what was thumbnails of some of those photos. Jade said that she used to have a loving relationship with her stepdad, Thomas Merriman, when she was in her 20s. And then for some reason, they sort of drifted apart. But then in 2020, she got close with him again when she moved next door to him. She told the courtroom that she was always a caretaker for him. Jade said the day she brought Thomas home from the hospital, she um, picked him up and he was sent home with all sorts of medications. And on the way back home, she had to stop by a few stores in Solana Beach. So she kind of just left him there in the car while she ran into the stores to get whatever it was that she needed. And when she came back to the car, she said that it was evident that Thomas had taken a bunch of those medications that he was sent home with. She said that he just began to grow groggy. He was really out of it and just not really making sense. When they got to his home, she tried helping him get out of the car. And during that time, she said that he had fallen down twice. And that's when Jade called for help. Jade called her friend Sarah and Sarah's fiance, Justin. And actually, both of them testified that Jade asked them to come over, saying that Thomas fell in the driveway. When they went over to help Jade, they put him in the back of Jade's Toyota 4Runner And they put the seats down so Thomas could lay down, and they gave him pillows and blankets just to make him a little bit more comfortable. Jade said that after that happened, she tried taking him to the hospital again, but apparently for some reason, she was not able to get him checked in. 
she didn't say how and why. Um, so anyways, they go back to Jade's or Thomas's house and she was trying to get him out of the car to put him safely in the home, but she couldn't get him out of the car. He was just so out of it. So that's when she decided to leave him in the car overnight. Now she claims that it wasn't really a big deal to leave Thomas sleeping in the car because she had done that before. Jade said that Thomas was an alcoholic and a pill popper, so it wasn't out of the norm to occasionally let Thomas sleep in her car while he sobered up a bit, and then later he'd get out and go back into his home. The next morning, Jade said she went out to her car to check on Thomas, and that's when she found him dead. She said his leg was cold to the touch, and... And at that point, she reached out in a text message to a friend to help her carry Thomas's body inside, because according to the text messages, she planned on placing him in his bed to make it seem like it was an overdose. But thankfully, her friend was not willing to help with any of that. And so she had to think of another plan. She moved the car a little bit further into the driveway, so you know, it's not as visible as to what she's doing to the neighbors. And she just pulled him out of the car where he ended up falling onto the driveway. And that's when she put trash and boxes over his body to try and conceal him so that the neighbors wouldn't see. So that's Jade's testimony. Well, when prosecutors wrapped up the closing arguments, they said Jade drugged and suffocated Thomas. They had two separate witnesses. One said that she asked him to strangle Thomas, and the other said that Jade told him that she strangled him herself in the back of her car, and that was on New Year's Eve. They also have the text messages that she sent out to the friends, which we read some of them in the last episode. But just to give you an idea of some of the messages she wrote, I just dosed the hell out of him. In another message she wrote saying, Uh, that Thomas was waking up. She said, I can't carry him alone. She also said, I can't keep a a kicking body in my trunk. Another said, I am about to club him on the head as he is waking up. I watched a CBS News 8 clip where the prosecutor had asked Jade during his testimony, and I quote, when someone says I dosed the hell out of him, You would agree with me that means someone gave another person a hell of a lot of drugs, right? Well, she said that phrase was just poor phrasing. Jade's attorneys said that Jade loved her stepfather. She would have never hurt him. She never wanted to kill him and that she just panicked. That's why she's here because she panicked instead of calling 911. She panicked. But if I say panic again, (laughs) but anyways, they said panicking is not a crime. Well, no, it's not a crime, but it's like if you didn't do anything wrong, then why not phone the police? Anyway, um, like I said, the verdict came in. She is found guilty. It's still unclear, though, as to how Thomas got those photos. And I still wonder if he even put them there like himself. The photos were just so open on a desktop in his home, like not even on a laptop where I feel laptops are a little bit more personal, but a desktop and as the damn screensaver, just so open, 
so there without a password to get in, it just seems too risky. And I feel like if Thomas did put those photos there, I would imagine he'd be a hell of a lot more careful. And I also imagine law enforcement must have done some digital forensics on his computer. I'm just really curious as to when the photos were put there. Had they been there for days, weeks, months, years? For me, her text messages are the nail in the coffin. I wonder if she never sent those text messages at all, would she have gotten away with a murder? It's quite likely that she could have gotten away with it. And I wonder if she's kicking herself in the ass now for sending those messages. I'm not excusing her for killing him at all. But let's just say, okay, that Thomas really was being a creep. And he had those photos of his stepdaughter that go back to when she was only 16 years old. I can't imagine how that would have affected her mentally after learning that the man that you love as your father was a pedophile who was perving on you on essentially like your whole life. I doubt most people would be in a healthy place mentally after discovering something like that. But again, I'm not justifying the murder. I just I just wish she would have went about it differently. As I mentioned in the first episode regarding this case, I would have put Thomas on blast, tell the whole world what he did because that public shame alone, that's lifelong torture. But now she just ruined her entire life. Well, that wraps it up for this mini episode. I want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. I don't want to sound desperate, but screw it. I'll let myself sound it. If you can give our podcast a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast and even subscribe, that really helps us out a lot. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.